You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy, and in the future, people will appreciate the convenience and the speed at which they can turn on a light switch without having to consult their Google Assistant. This is Melanie, and in the future... All bedrooms will come equipped with bedroom fans for the nighttime sleeping noises. And this is Jesse. In the future, new computers will not just come with a voice-activated Siri, Cortana, Alexa. They will come with a virtual tech-savvy teenager that knows exactly how to do what you want to do and can show you how to do it but we'll also be annoyed that you don't know this already. Hey, Brandon, can you show me how to get to my emails? Good. You're old. How do you not know how to do this? Welcome to the Growlix Podcast, maybe. Episode number 83, Wait, what episode was this? 83. 83. Episode number 83, maybe. Okay, 2019, maybe it's not going to, we don't have to do confident uh, introductions anymore. Maybe it'll be like mysterious introductions. Episode number 83, or is it? Is it mysterious or cryptic or both? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cristerious. <laughs> Cripsterious. Wow. Tales from the Cripsterious. Or the chilling tales from the Cripsterious. Chilling tales from the crustaceous period. Okay. So, wow, we are not. 2019, kicking off. Awkward. Just like the way we always do. More of everything. Awkward. More pregnant pauses. More editing. More. <laughs> yes. All of it. Hey, listener, we're glad to be back. This episode, we're going to talk about some TV, specifically Sabrina. There's a chilling, I, I always just say Sabrina. It's the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Who's this? Right? <laughs> the chilling adventures of, it's the chilling adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Except they don't have any of the Teenage Witch stuff in there. No, no, it's no. The new, it's the new, not Clarissa, Sabrina. Yeah. <laughs> Explain the Netflix, the Netflix Sabrina, you know, the one that can't reference Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I believe, I believe ne- they settled that out of court. I want to know how much, I want to know how much Netflix agreed to pay. Well, how well is the show doing? Oh, I think pretty well. Oh well, yeah. Then. Yeah. I, I mean, I think so. Wait, I think I read an article that said that they're already slated to do at least three seasons. Oh, yeah. No, yes. Yeah, I know for sure uh, two and three were a go, which is, you know, pretty rare to green light more than one season. Yeah, I look what they did to the freaking... Uh, the Marvel things? Yeah. Well, as far as I know, they don't... Archie Comics doesn't plan on launching their own streaming service anytime soon, but who knows? <laughs> they'll have Arch, They'll have Sabrina and uh, Riverdale. Maybe that's it. This will be the Riverdale episode. The river, the extended uh, universe of, of uh, was it, it Green Greendale? 
Green Bay? Greendale. Greendale, yeah. Is it Greendale and Riverdale? Are they both Dales? Dales! Yeah, I think so. I could be wrong. Or is it Bayside? No, Bayside is uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? That actually makes sense. I could see how you do that. Now I want that as a crossover. How do they not have a Bayside-Riverdale crossover? Like, (laughs) You know what? I can see Betty getting hooked on some, like, uh, what, speed? <laughs> Her and Jesse would be, like, so excited, so excited, so excited. And Archie's just like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually surprised they've never, like, the comics have never done something like that. I mean, the, Archie's crossed over with every bizarre thing. Yeah, like, pre- it's Archie Archie meets Predator or Archie and the Punisher. Yeah. Like, they've done all of that. Yeah, why has there not been an Archie River uh, Saved by the Bell? Because that actually, you know, that actually makes sense, right? That's why. That's true. They're like, that's are you kidding? That's obvious. It's gonna be Archie meets uh, Chew. <laughs> Archie meets Which, Chew. Speaking of, we will be talking about next episode. Do you know that? But yeah, they did a crossover with Revival. Yep, that's craziness. Yeah, they're they have very different tones. Those comics very. So how uh, long so, how long till they do the crossover with R- R- Riverdale? Do you think? Because they've already referenced it. I mean, we'll, they we'll, have referenced. We'll get it. to that, but I mean, that's that has nothing to do with anything other than she kind of is like, "What do you think this is, Riverdale?" <laughs> I, I think it was like some kind of throwaway line. Yeah, no, they've referenced. Yeah, they've referenced Riverdale, and I want to say they referenced it a couple times. But I mean, of course, it could just be like comics reference, but. I know the people making Sabrina also are involved with Riverdale. So like it's the same creators, like as long, and stuff. As long as it doesn't turn into uh American horror story and they're dang Lee singing bull crap, then I'll be fine. Well then hope it doesn't cross over with Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so to- uh, We're just jumping. Listen, listener, that's, this is what we're doing. We're just going to talk now. Uh, <laughs> I'm so torn on how I – so I've watched a bunch of Riverdale now since watching Sabrina. I, re- I resisted the urge to watch Riverdale because it seemed real bad. and But I started watching it, mm-hmm. and it's real bad. The first season is just so bad, but I kept watching it. I don't know why. The writing is so terrible. It was so cheesy. But I was like, well, I'm kind of – it's kind of interesting. It's kind of amusing. It's you know campy and stuff. Season two – Whoa, it's a whole nother level. <laughs> like it's still, it's still terrible. Like it's so, they, I don't know. They just embraced the camp and they moved away from, there's still the teen drama kind of like ridiculous eye rolly stuff, but they really embraced the weird stuff and the over the top season two of Riverdale. There's a serial killer subplot, mm-hmm. which who it turns out to be is kind of bonkers as well. There's a gang, like a, you know, it's it's kind of like the the rival the factions of of Riverdale. It's it's basically basically West Side Story, where there's like that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. or or like uh, the greasers and the you know uh, socias and stuff. Like there's the yeah. Actually, it's very much greasers and socias. That's what they were, gr- right? Greasers and uh, greasers. Yes, I don't I don't know what the other ones are called. So. It's, uh, it's very much like that. What else? There's a vigilante aspect at one point where Archie starts the oh, red yeah. circle. Yes, he does. Group. Yeah. And later that becomes the dark circle group where it's like <laughs> what? Dark vigilantes. Oh, dude, it's it's all over the place and it's so crazy, but 
kind of awesome. So like kind of ridiculously fun. So so to like kind of reveal, uh, you you had kind of mentioned we have like a group chat, like a messenger, and uh, mm-hmm. you you kind of posted because nobody was really watching the show but you, and you were like, it's nothing to do with anything, and I don't know if anybody cares, but I just got to this point in season two, and you were basically laying out what we're talking about right now. Uh, uh-huh. Fast forward, like I, I, Holly and you kind of went on the same type of viewing pattern. Like we started uh-huh. with Sabrina and when we got done with Sabrina, she was not done with the world, with the universe. Yeah. So she was like, I'm also going to get into to Riverdale. I was like, I think Randy's doing this exact thing. And so she was just <laughs> watching. Her. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I have time, but she would have it on. And so like I would, I walked in like I could hear it as background noise while I'm doing things. And I walk in and it's literally the thing you had described in the chat. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is as bonkers and over the top as Randy was talking about. Uh-huh. Dude, there's like slow motion brawls in the rain while uh half of the half of the gang is running to like warn all the adults in the uh that are at a town meeting that there's a serial killer coming to the town meeting. Like, what is what? A what jug, is this? a jughead's in a wife beater, and he's like, This is his pivotal story plot moment where he has to choose between his old friends and his new gang. <laughs> It's so insane. (laughs) What happened to Jughead? Why isn't he eating cheeseburgers? He cuts he cuts a lady's tattoo off of her arm. I was like, what? What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's in the gang life now, okay? (laughs) Man, yeah, he went thug life. You know, he he didn't he didn't choose the thug life. It shows him. It did. It did. (laughs) That's craziness. It's so funny. Uh Oh, Betty's a cam girl sometimes. Maybe they hinted at that subplot. It's it's just all over the place. So watching the – I still don't know how I feel about it because Sabrina, I feel like, is so much – like such a better show in yeah. like every regard. The writing, I feel like, is much better. It knows what it's doing, like where they're going. And the production is – I mean, we'll oh, get into awesome. it yeah. more. But yeah, Sabrina looks amazing. I love the like production style. And, uh, you know, Riverdale tries like they're, they're, you know, it's stylized. And I th- I actually feel like the first season, cause that's one thing I was kind of looking forward to is like, well, I know it's stylized and I like the look of like the promos they do. And I know that's promos commercials, but yeah, like that's kind of part of its thing is it's stylized. Mm-hmm. And the first season I was like, okay, it's kind of stylized, but it's a little disappointing. But I feel like actually as the show goes, like. Most most shows actually get less of a budget as it goes on, but it feels like it got more of a budget because it looks better in season two. Hmm. And I know they're into season three now, and I kind of um I th- I think I got caught up to current and then fell off uh, because wait who's got time to wait a week before watching right right who episode? does that Doctor Who <laughs> yeah <laughs> who does but that? I'm still the tonally like Sabrina's kind of fun it's a little goofy sometimes. But I feel like tonally, I don't know that a crossover would work because right, Sabrina's camp and Riverdale's camp are just different. Yeah. They're warring camps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I wouldn't be surprised to see some Sabrina level like magic weirdness hop up in pop up in Riverdale. I can, yeah, like, that, that so- actually could happen based on how bizarre some of the theme episodes are because like they had like a, a whole breakfast club episode and uh-huh. 
Like I caught some of that and was like, what is going on with this show you watch? <laughs> and why, did... why is it that I can't stop, can't help but stop and look at it while I walk through the room? <laughs> they did this D and D. I don't, I don't know if I, Oh yeah, that's the same episode, isn't it? Like it's yeah, back did... in the day and it's flashing back to Betty's mom because she was a big time gamer. <laughs> yeah. They did this D and D thing where all their parents played this game, but they, they did the, it's Almost a little bit uh, playing on the themes like I did with the Halloween special, except like, actually, they kind of directly, I didn't pull mine off so well. Not that they are, but so they're playing on this, they, they, the D&D satanic panic, moral panic thing. But I think the show's kind of caught some criticism because they're kind of playing into it in the way that you wouldn't want them to play into it. Like, it's not a commentary on like how ridiculous the, the, the moral panic of, you know, the satanic panic D and D thing was, it's like, yeah, these kids are getting obsessed and they're killing themselves. And <laughs> it's, it's like, like what if it what was if, right? What if the satanic yeah. panic was right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's caught a little slack for that, but it's still entertaining and dumb. Yeah. It's, yeah. As good as it is, it's like as good as, as entertaining, uh, correction, as entertaining as it is to me, it's still like I, I still find things where I'm like, oh, it's so dumb. Mm-hmm. But unlike shows like Arrow when it was really going downhill or like the weaker stuff of Legends of Tomorrow, like those shows will be dumb. But those shows will be dumb in a way that like kind of makes me angry where I'm like, just stop it. Stop it. Be better. Oh, yeah. And Riverdale is so dumb where you're just like, what? All right. Well, whatever. This, uh, just get get to the next crazy thing. Who's who's a, who's a serial killer now? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Which parent is murdering people? That almost makes it sound like um, Twin Peaks. Yeah, I mean that's that's been like uh, something they've a comparison a comparison I've heard of the show, and it feels like yes and no. It's like yeah, I get it, and I I don't know if Riverdale would exist in quite the form it does if it weren't for like a show like Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know. It could stand to be way more like Twin Peaks and be better. <laughs> yeah. Well, most things could. That's true. That's true. I like Twin Peaks. Good. I love Twin Peaks. Right now. Um, <laughs> Watch it on your phone. So how all this got started is we were talking about a musical episode. Mm-hmm which really derailed me into talking about more of Riverdale. I think that was for me, the worst Riverdale episode. They did a musical episode. I think it was season two, even maybe I don't recall, maybe season three. And I personally, I couldn't stand it. I thought it was, I thought it was real bad. Was it a West side story? No, it was. Oh, that's what they could have done. If it was season two, you know, like that would have been perfect. Yeah. And that would have been, I mean, I might not have even, I still might not have enjoyed the musical aspect, but at least I'd have got it. It felt so lazy here. It They, you know, the kids were putting on a musical. So they're doing a musical episode where huh. characters would randomly just actually be doing musical. Like it was a musical. And that hmm. was the whole tie was they were putting on a musical episode of Carrie or, or a musical play of Carrie or something, which I appreciate. But I don't know. So they turned into Glee for one episode, but without people that were hired specifically for their talent in singing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, not to go to Buffy again, but like you think about Buffy and. If I have to. The Buffy musical (laughs) episode like kind of works because they, even though it's ridiculous, there's a reason for it. Like there's a reason suddenly it's a musical. Like it's not just. 
this is a musical because it's the musical episode. It's like, we're going to at least come up with some type of, you know. There's a musical demon. It, yeah. No, it was. It was there's oh, a musical God. demon. From the but time. But at least they did something. <laughs> at least they did something, you know. Yeah. It wasn't just a musical. It was like their guest cameo thing. They specifically, you know, sometimes you'll bring in uh, an actor to play a part and the character that they brought in was specifically a musician, you know, like a, Oh yeah. Like that's what he's known for. So it made more sense in that kind of like the musical episode of flash and, uh, Supergirl, which is again, not my favorite episode, but to kind of tie it together with that, uh, Buffy thing, like the whole, the whole thing was the whole premise was based on this kind of guest cameo character of Mu- music meister or something like that, which was uh-huh. a character that they brought over from, I think one of the animated series. And, uh, they gave, you know, like just to, just to really drive home that whole, uh, meta thing. Uh, all three of these characters were on Glee. Uh, Supergirl yeah. was originally, she was a cameo in the last season of Glee. What's his name? Uh, Flash, that guy was was one of the bad guy warblers from season two of Glee. And then um, their their guy, the, the music meister, wound up being Darren Chris, who was like the head warbler from that show. So I, I would actually say I appreciate the way the Flash incorporated the musical aspect more so than even like Buffy. Because Buffy, they had the, re- you know, it was a musical demon was influencing the world, influencing the world. And it's like, that's weird. Like, how does that work? Of course, it's, you know, magic. It doesn't matter. It's magic. Right. But how does that really work logically or logistically? But with Flash, it's like, it wasn't like a musical in the world. They were in, like, trapped in, like, musical dreams, kind of. Right. 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 right? Y- yeah. And, and that was the meta's power was, was to do that. Yeah. So. And that kind of works better for me. But it's like, you know, it's exactly that, though. There was a reason for it. Right. When it didn't hurt that every character in that dream was like John Barrowman, who legitimately are like a musical superstar over in the UK. It is pretty incredible. And what's his name? Uh, God, what was his character's name? But Gray is like a opera singer or something or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well-known theater singer. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever he would start singing, it was very theatrical style. Or operatic almost. Like I don't I don't care much for musicals, but when a huge percentage of your cast are all well known for right. <laughs> being able to sing. Joe West is a is a jazz musician. And- yeah, exactly. You like you almost kinda have to. <laughs> you almost kinda have to. Especially if it's a show, like, you know, it's all camp. It's, it's a CW show, The Flash, it's you know, kind of fun. So God, I'm so behind on all the CW shows. They're they're pretty good. Uh Arrows still i think arrows it's better but it's still the weak link for me but the elseworlds stuff they just wrapped up this elseworlds crossover pretty fun pretty fun was it yeah i man i i enjoyed the last big crossover they did i'll have to check out the yeah the crossovers have actually gotten better because what the last one was the crisis on in the multiverse kind of thing yeah and it they was the Nazi planet. Oh, yes. Crisis or on the Nazi Earth X or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and that's pulled straight from the books. Like that's the same thing in the books. Earth X has always been that one that where the Nazis won. Well, uh, this is going to tie in to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, this Elseworlds is going to because it's basically mm. it, it, it legitimately has the monitor. Like the monitor shows really? up and he is the thing that uh, creates the Elseworlds. It still blows my mind that 
CW shows are pulling just these insane characters from the comics that you just wouldn't have ever expected to see in a live action thing. Ralph mm-hmm. Dibney, man. He's one of my favorite characters of the last season. He's he's still one of my favorite characters. The elongated man. Uh-huh. Crazy. Is he still, does he still show up and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. He's still around. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I finished last season. I need to. I don't even have it, any clue. It wasn't my favorite season of The Flash, but there were things in there that I really liked. And and the, the core thing was that it wasn't a speedster. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Because that was, it, it wasn't like the best season of Flash, but it also was different. So I respected it. At least they tried. Which is good because they needed a break away from the speedsters. Yeah. I, I can't think of another high speed villain that they could have even possibly thrown in there. We needed a break so that reverse flash could be a thing that anybody cared about again. Yeah. Do we do we have in-house news? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked because uh, I wasn't sure if we were just going to dive right into Sabrina because we kind of did. But uh, we do have some in-house news uh, and some of it's kind of old. I don't have a whole lot, but uh, the first one was that we did a Facebook Live from, Mm -hmm. you know, early on in December that we have not really even mentioned. And it was basically a trailer reaction show. So we, we, you know, we went through a whole bunch of uh, trailers on the show, like Bright Burn is a movie that I think we're all pretty excited to see Uh um, coming up. Is that coming up in 2019 or is that further out? No, it is 2019. It's um, it's not soon, but it is sometime this year. Okay, we we looked at that, and basically as many uh, like comic book movies as we could find. So like uh, the Infinity, not not Infinity War, but uh, the follow up Avengers Four Endgame. Uh, they Endgame, released yeah. that, that was a big deal. It was like one of the most watched uh, movie trailers or whatever. And uh, so we did a little reaction video to as many of those as we could find. Um, mm-hmm. So if you yeah, want to find that, was, you know, you can check it out. There was like a week or so where they released, there was just a bunch of interesting c- comic book related trailers released. So yeah, all four of us, I mean, some of us might've been preoccupied with playing football games or something, but <laughs> all four, all four of us, you know, the three of us and Jasper from GCU uh, were all on the live stream and there, there were technical issues, but I, I think it was, a, I think it was a fun, fun idea. It was. And it was cool to see us all four, like to see us, listener, like you don't know how rare this is to see all of us on a <laughs> video feed live stream. It's, right. That that is notable. Yeah, because we don't. I don't want people to see me. Uh, it's part of it. You were even kicking it like your your like evening like your bathrobe thing. You're like. Well, ready for bed. <laughs> I, I was kind of. I liked it. I liked how you were just kicking it. But you could see my big old basket of clothes, which was clean. It was clean clothes. I just needed to fold it, and I am notorious for not doing that. <laughs> hey, it's real. I, I just I just throw a sheet over all my stuff. So I mean, like my office is bad. <laughs> my generally my mess is like just outside of webcam view. I was yeah. say it's probably like the mess would be in front of me <laughs> and to the uh-huh. sides of me, but it behind me is a banner and I can just throw a sheet over whatever's right there. Mm-hmm. So that part's not so bad. So uh yeah, if you want to see that, you can find that on our Facebook uh page, not the group, 
the Facebook page because I tried to find it in the group and uh, apparently we didn't share it to the group. <laughs> That's oh, one weird. of the confusing okay. things about our uh, about our Facebook is that we have two things. We have the group, which is actually a little bit more uh, interactive in terms of like yeah. people, uh, and then we have the page, and so that's where you'd find the video. Another thing uh, in terms of like social networking and that kind of thing, we got a nice shout out from the Make Eternia Great Again podcast uh, on their episode number 64, where they discuss the classic uh, horde villain Mantana. And they, uh, they just kind of made a shout out uh, because Carl Smith, he listens to the podcast once in a while. And he mentioned that uh, th- they do like a old He-Man episode sound effects in their show. And he's like, we should just like, just for the heck of it sometime, just throw in the Grolic sound right there instead of the, the sword sound. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, oh, like the, the teleport sound? Yeah, yeah. The Blinkatron sound? Either, either do our Grolic sound or, or the Blinkatron sound and just throw that in there and see. Oh, it was like, the Grolics. Yeah. When Melanie drops a Grolics word, we have yeah. to cut it. And, uh, that sound? Okay. And so they gave us a nice little shout out and, and you know. Nice. So, one to want to make note of that. So that that's cool. So if you guys uh, are interested in classic He-Man discussions uh, about character, uh, you know, like characters from the He-Man universe, uh, I definitely, I would highly recommend the Make Eternia Great Again podcast. And those guys are super cool. And we've, we've, uh, we've talked to them. We met them at Comic-Con this past year and mm-hmm. uh, just, just generally uh, nice guys. Also, this one's more directly related to the Grolix podcast. We have game streams again. Yeah. Game streams. The game streams have begun. Uh, <laughs> Anew. <laughs> yeah, the Grolix Plays is what I used to title them as, but uh, lately I've just been calling them gameplay videos. Yeah, we've started gameplay videos again. I've 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 lifted the lifted my shanks my my shanks. My shanks. <laughs> my shanks. <laughs> I, I, I lifted sanctions on YouTube, so we'll start uploading stuff. We began uploading stuff again. We started last month. Slowly, I've been up, well, not so slowly, but I've been trying to upload all the back episodes of the podcast, but also, more importantly, and more probably more interesting to people who want to watch a video, is uh, we've been playing games. Uh, I've been playing Dread vs. Death, a Judge Dread video game. And we, I uh, have, I have some other kind of fun one-off gameplay videos coming up, and also uh, we might have some other Grolics people <laughs> appearing it, it on might, the games. It might happen. We might have, might have some Jesse, might have some Jasper. No, no promises. And uh, I'm always trying to get Melanie to do things, so maybe there will be a Melanie gameplay video. Maybe <laughs> not. Trying to make the uh, YouTube channel more active again. Yeah. Make the YouTube channel great again. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> the dread lip uh, is mighty on that. On that, uh, like whenever they show dread, like I've always said that his dread lip is so exaggerated that it reminds me of Sam Eagle. Well, on the video game, like uh-huh. they're the same. Like he, when he talks, he looks like Sam Eagle. It's uh, dude, I love the look. So this game is actually like I'm enjoying it quite a bit. It's from. I think it got wide release in 2005, but technically it's from 2003. So it's an older game, but it's first person shooter. And it's got like, it kind of nails the dread feel, the dread aesthetic. The character of dread is perfect. Like the voice actor is good. He looks good. And also the world just kind of has that. It's kind of got that sarcastic, slightly tongue in cheek, uh, dread, a judge dread 
feel to it. Like it's got, there's a lot of humor to it. Right. But also dread is a fun character to play because then I can do a dread voice the whole time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like you're embracing it almost better than the, the Batman let's plays. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Because it, I, you know, I get to run around as dread, you know, and the, and the Batman one was, it was the telltale games, Batman. And so it's very much like you're kind of stuck into the story. There's not a lot of actually running around as Batman doing Batman-y things. And so I get to run around as Dredd and do the voice and arrest people and beat people up. <laughs> and you and, uh, you you get into it too. You'd be like, what, six years? You got off light. <laughs> yep, yep. I, it, when you arrest people, it arbitrarily like gives them a, a, a sentence. Like, you know, usually it's like – 10 years, 15 years, life, depending on what they did. But if you arrest like random citizens, it'll like also give you, it'll, he'll come up with random like offenses. Like one of them was on a possession of an unlicensed gold uh, gerbil or goldfish or something. Like, what? (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) But, but, and it, it flashes by so fast. Like, I hardly get time to pay attention to it. So this last episode that just went up, it'll be episode – I say it'll be because we record these kind of timey-wimey, but it'll be chapter three. It just went up last week, last Wednesday. That's when I've been uploading the videos. I might have done the dread, vo- dread, the dread voice a little bit too much because by the end, like after I switch out of the dread voice and do my little wrap-out outro, you can hear my voice is kind of tore up. <laughs> so <laughs> It's too gravelly, yeah, yeah. If the gameplays go on kind of long and I'm like doing a lot of dread voice – it, it kind of takes its toll. Like I want to knock out a couple ep- a couple chapters in a day, but I find like 30 minutes and I'm like, oh, I got to stop. I got to stop and let my voice <laughs> right. like, deal You're not with used this. to talking while you play games. That's not a thing. No, no. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, to throw the dread voice. It's not even that. It's, it's, it yeah. changes. Justice, justice hates walking in circles. <laughs> Is he the only character you can play? Yeah. Oh, okay. So far, anyways, there are other characters that that show up in the uh, storyline, at least from the uh-huh. two that I've seen. What, what is what's her name? Anderson. Oh, Anderson. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I, I was gonna say if you could uh, switch players, you should switch to a chick, and then you can be like that, and then it can make your voice feel better. No, I. <laughs> Anderson was making me real mad on the last video because <laughs> yeah. she talks to you through your headset. And okay, so I might have went a little. Uh, I might have went a little uh, overboard with with Dread might have been in a bad mood. I wasn't in a bad mood, but Dread might have been in a bad mood on the last video. <laughs> and he kind of did some things he shouldn't have, like uh, assaulted some people after they were in their handcuffs. But oh. at one point, <laughs> listen, they were in a death cult. Mm. So, but at one point, like I handcuffed, I handcuffed this person in a death cult, and Anderson over the headset says. You know, I'm putting you in for a recommendation. And the death cult lady says something about, you know, something about death will be coming to you. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I punched her. And, of course, you know, it's just dread. So one punch. That's oh, that's right. He kills them. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Anderson immediately after saying, I'm putting you, putting you in for a recommendation. <laughs> dread, that's enough. We're, you know, it just starts reprimanding me. So I'm just like, Anderson, make up your mind. <laughs> 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 but, you know, it's fun because it gives me. It gives me stuff to work with like that. Am I or am I not the judge, jury, and execution? Dude, exactly. That was my <laughs> reasoning. I'm like, why? You can't get tell me what to do. <laughs> this is my like. I, that's this. It, it's in the job description. I could do this if I want. 
You're taking me out of the experience here, Anderson. Uh-huh. I was just going to say, I found if you do assault too many people after they've been arrested, the other ju- the other judges will come after you, and you oh. can't continue the game. It'll say mission failed. So well, that's interesting. So die. it's kind of like, yeah. uh, oh, almost like D&D uh, reputation points, like in uh, mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate. It used to be if you like murdered people, then uh, they would send, I don't know, like the the mage police after you or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I was a little surprised to find it, but I was doing, this wasn't actually, this wasn't recorded. It was, there was a cut scene that I, for whatever reason, I didn't get recorded between levels. So I had to go back and play through the level real quick, which by the way, when you're not doing the dread voice and trying to record a video, I can actually play through that game pretty quick. Oh yeah. But, so I blew through the level and in doing so, I was just like kind of messing around a little bit and Shot a whole bunch of those prisoners after they were arrested, <gasps> and uh, just to see what would happen. <laughs> and yeah, there's definitely a point which the other judges all turn on you. So <laughs> there is a line. You can't be. Yeah, there's a line. You are the judges. law unless you break the law. <laughs> yeah, no one's exempt from the law. Not even me, and I am the law. <laughs> it's so fun to say. Yeah, I got to It's so fun to get into it though. All right. Uh, the last thing, the, the last thing that I had, uh, just real quick, our uh, our our brothers within the EMC podcast network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. Roman Podcast. They send out a holiday card every year, and uh, we received ours. And so that's three years running. We've gotten a, a very nice Canadian su- surprise, surprise. Canadians are nice. Uh, holiday card. <laughs> So does that mean I'm going to have to make them another one that's going to take another like three years or something? <laughs> Just give them one every three years. There we go. We get three cards. We they have, get one. We have the whole set now. Yeah. They've sent out three and we have all three. This year they sent cool. stickers too with the old logo and the new logo. Yeah. I love that there's the old logo and the new logo. Yeah. I dug that. By the way, guys, the new logo looks good. Yeah, I it like does. it. It's tasteful and tasty. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't know what that means, you need to go check out their podcast to find out. Fortunately, not nude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They do this thing. Okay. It's tasty. It's tasteful. It's nude. They they request nudes, (laughs) which could sound like a super sleazy thing, but it's it's, it's fun. It's part of the fun. It does sound like a super sleazy (laughs) thing. (laughs) And they do so realizing they're not actually going to get nice nudes. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to get other, probably other podcasters, mostly guys. Well, you so. asked them about that, didn't you? Were you on an episode where you asked them, do they get nudes? And they were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was on one of their episodes. I was on their uh, 100th episode. They did like a 100th episode special. And uh, me and Rob from the Emotionally 14 podcast, I think, hmm. uh, were guests on that episode. And that episode's interesting because it was – Basically, Roman podcast, they like, you know, normally they do like the funny news stories and stuff. Right. They dropped all that and it was just all about like the show, like how they started it. And then, you know, we got to ask questions. So, yeah, we asked them all about the nudes and all that stuff. It was a good time. Fun. Well, thank you. Wow. Thank you. And uh, Merry Christmas right on back to you guys. Merry Christmas, you Canadians. You crazy Canadians with your imported donuts. I don't, still don't know why you do that. What? They import donuts? It's so weird. <laughs> According to Jesse. <laughs> According to the alternate headcanon of me. I don't think I don't think they understand it. <laughs> they don't <laughs> I don't understand it. I started it. Well, they should import biscuits because 
Apparently, yeah, the right biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. Mel's, Mel's hot biscuits. biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> the flaky kind. They're the best. He, I've heard of those. Sorry. He has a, yeah. Have I played that promo or that little bit? They've referenced the biscuits. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I know. The I play beard oil. <laughs> that Sam's Club membership is really paying off. Yeah. They, they, they did a pretty amusing promo for us. So I'll have to drop into this episode. It's been a while since I played it. Okay. All right. Come on. We're in. This is awesome. We're in the Grolic Studios. Look, it's a plate of Mel's Hot Biscuits. I've heard about those. Oh, my God, check it out. Jesse and Randy's beard oil. I didn't know you can buy that in buckets. Well, that Sam Club's membership is really paying off. Okay, let's get in their computer and drop this promo. Okay, let's do it. We're the Roman Podcast, and in the future, we're sneaking a promo on the Grolic Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, okay, seriously. Go, it's go, it's go. Here, sir. here we go. I'm Roman LeBeau. And I'm Rob Gast. And we're from the Roman Podcast. We're just two Canadian guys getting together once a week to put our own spin on weird stories and trending news. That's right. You can get our show every Wednesday night on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the Laughable app, and of course, here on the EMC Podcast Network. Okay, I think this. I think we got it. Uh, put that in their show. Let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. While I'm in their computer, I'm just going to update their comic book pull list for the next few months. What are you adding? Captain Canuck, of course. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyway, okay. Oh, you did get some beard oil. You got some beard. Randy got some beard oil. I got some beard oil for Christmas. Sweet. I haven't used it yet. I don't know what to do. Not all beard oils are created equal. So really, hopefully, hopefully it's a good one. Yeah. Was my brother-in-law? He uh, he 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 tried a beard oil for the first time, and uh, it was like, oh my! Like uh, his his wife came in, and and she's like, oh my god! It smells like like vomit. It smells like bile, and. He's like, is that you? And he's like, no, it's not me. And then he, he like, he like smelled his beard, and it, it was the weird reaction from the uh, beard oil. And he's like, oh my god, it is me. Oh, <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, weird. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, give it a test before you go out in public. It might smell like bile. Might sound, yeah, might smell like bile. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> Knowing is half the battle. That might be a thing. Well, should we talk about? Maybe the thing that we said this episode was going to be about. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, hey, that's chilling. It's a new, it's a brand new adventure. <laughs> it's Sabrina. Sabrina, not Clarissa. No, not Clarissa. Although Sabrina and Sabrina does not explain it all, she constantly asks for everyone else to explain it to her. Yes, she does. That's my number one gripe about the show. So we're talking about the Netflix's chilling adventures of Sabrina. We've watched all of the first season and the midwinter special. Something solstice. Solstice. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're Christmas special. And uh, we're going to talk about it. And so since I'm thinking about it, that's I want to jump to that. My first number one gripe about this show. <laughs> Just right out the gate. Right out the gate. Because honestly, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I was going to say, mm-hmm. how do you know we like it? We're going to get right into tearing it apart. <laughs> Dude, that's true. Like, Yeah. Yeah. The things we like most, we jump right to the things we dislike. Because you got to get that out of the way. Yeah. And I don't dislike it. It's just so consistent that it, it constantly made me question it. Did her aunts not explain anything? Like, I understand why they do it. It's exposition. It's right. for – she – Sabrina goes into this whole witch thing not knowing apparently a single thing. Right. Because everything needs to be explained to her. She has to ask them, well, what's that? What's this? We're going to eat a witch? What's that? Like – which I get because then the characters have a reason to say it out loud 
to the audience. Right. However, it doesn't make any sense that Sabrina, they've raised her till she's 16 and told her nothing about any of this. Like she doesn't know anything, including uh, the holiday thing where, you know, like I said, they're going to eat a witch or whatever. It's like their Thanksgiving, basically. Like that's their yearly Thanksgiving holiday. And she knows nothing about it. Like, what did what did you guys do every Thanksgiving up well, maybe, to now? Maybe she wasn't allowed to partake of it because she was hadn't signed the book yet. Maybe, but like when you're raised by witches, were there? And they're like grooming you to be a witch and join their like witch, uh, I guess coven, but it's like their church is kind of how they play it, mm-hmm. uh, the Church of Night or whatever. Yeah, you think they'd like indoctrinate her a little bit was, to it? Like, was there uh, were, were there children at the church during that service though? I don't recall there being children there. No, so it might no. be a thing where you don't even know about it until you are it. Oh, that could be. that. Okay, that kind of makes sense. But my point still stands for everything else because they need to explain right. every single thing. I, you like, know, like yeah. I can kind of forgive it. And part of that is because I was raised Missouri Synod Lutheran. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, there is a point where I got to college where uh, there was a – it was a world history class that I took, and he basically gave me the cl- – well, not me, not me specifically, but the class. He basically gave us the cliff notes of what Lutheranism is, what the concept is behind some of this uh, this religion. And it's like I've, I've been this my whole life, and then I get to one class in, in college where I get the Cliff's Notes, bare bones explanation of what I quote-unquote believe, and I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> and then I start thinking about it. I was like, oh, my God, yeah, that is what they've been saying this whole time, and I'm kind of appalled. And so, like, uh, having lived that myself, I'm kind of like, okay, I can see where uh, – Sabrina woke up one day and was like, wait a minute. I believe in magic, wait. but I don't believe in none of this other crap. <laughs> wait, what's this now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, I got to put my name in a book? Okay. Okay. Well, I, 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 yeah, I guess. It's just. It's, it's one of those things like as a kid just growing up in the faith, you just accept it because that's what faith is. That's what all the grownups say faith is this. You just don't question this because this is what we believe. So I think that's a major thread in kind of the story of season one is is her not just like like we're being introduced to the faith, but she's awakening to what does the faith actually involve, and she doesn't totally agree with it. When I was in younger school, when I was in school, when I was Catholic school, I should say. I'm not Catholic, but I went to mass anyway because I didn't want to be a weirdo. Right. And I would sit, stand when they stand and sat when they sat and kneel when they kneel and say all the stuff you're supposed to say. But I didn't actually listen to any of it. But it got to the point where we were we were eating lunch in the gym because we did. And uh, they rang a bell. And it's supposed to be a prayer bell. I don't know. It's for something. But I like stood up and started clapping. And then I'm like, wait a minute. What am I doing? And everybody was looking at me. And I'm like, oops. And I'm like, sorry. I got confused with all the stuff you guys do all the time, you know? <laughs> Was I, but, is, it, is this the hokey or the pokey bell? <laughs> oh, oh man. We, we it, dove right into blasphemy on in this show already. But the, We're talking about Sabrina. No, but during That's that, what we're supposed to during do. During that same True. period, I, I was supposed to be getting confirmed, oh. and I took it super seriously. And I was like, I'm not going to sell my soul until I you know, am sure about this stuff. Where's the fine print? And so 
so I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. And I never did. Sorry. But I didn't, I wouldn't do it. And, uh, and instead I studied other religions, try and find which one was right. And I could not find one. So yeah, so that's where we're at. But my point being, even though I knew that I was, that wasn't what I wanted, I was just conditioned to it just at a habit from following uh-huh. along with everybody else. Right. And that's how what, religion works. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I kind of buy it, you know, as far as okay. that goes, it's, it, it, yeah, it is a little, uh, it's a little much because we see it in every episode. Yeah. You know, so it's, there's no gradual release of, of this idea that, oh, she's slowly, you know, like seeing little cracks in the wall kind of thing. Uh, no, no, <laughs> it, it is. It's very systematic. But on the other hand, if we could space it out the way that this kind of thing works, I, I kind of buy it. You know, like that is kind of how it slowly comes to a realization until you're like, oh, that's what I believe. I don't think that's true. Yeah. Well, I get that, but I also get Randy's point. Like the, 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 um, it's just obvious, not, I don't want to say lazy, but kind of lazy exposition. Oh yeah. No, I agree. I do agree. Yeah. I just, I, I also, yeah, it's, it's both. I get the religious thing, but like the canes ground or whatever that big that plot out in their cemetery that brings people back to life oh i would ask about that a few times i think uh yeah true that's true because yeah she even has to ask about that of course when it's obvious like what her motivations for asking are but when it seems apparent that she knows that's the plot that like her her aunt kills the other aunt and brings her back from to the life in you know so yeah yeah, i would think she would have asked about that at some point when Mm the camera wasn't there to see it but that was also a good uh, a good thing on their part because then she can still the sister that got excommunicated which i don't know if she still is but she could still bring her back to life if she killed her because it was the ground not the church anyway mm, yeah, oh, yeah it's separate of the church yes yeah and she didn't seem to lose her powers you're right but they said they did take her the, both their powers at one point mm-hmm. but like they left they didn't take her power which is weird how does that work it doesn't matter yeah you wouldn't think they'd really be able to like, yeah, it seems like if they're essentially like I mean, kind of a different species, or at least that's the way they feel, like mm-hmm. the, the way they act, then. Maybe Satan could take back the power he had given them, which seems like a boost, but they should still have their like. Witchy knowledge of e- potions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not important. So. Witches be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Got 99 problems, but a witch ain't one. Truth. So what did you guys think of the show? And what were your thoughts going into it? I was thinking it was going to be lame. It kind of is sometimes. But it's it's got, you know, witchy stuff, so that's fun. Although Satan seems super pervy. Pervy? Yeah. <laughs> Would Satan be any other way? Yeah. Why? Why? It, actually, I always, always thought Satan would be kind of prudish. Really? Well, I mean, he's a fallen angel. So I would think that... He, I, I just would think he would be. And if you got sexual, it would be like some weird twisted stuff that makes him feel bad. Not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, maybe he's, never mind. We don't need to talk about like your mental version of what Satan would be. Okay. Right. Yeah. I was super, I don't know why, but I was actually kind of super excited for this as it was, I don't know. The trailer, it sounded interesting, and I think it's basically playing on the goodwill that that one arc of Afterlife with Archie yeah. 
mm-hmm. with me, you know, f- that we talked about in like year one of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was playing on that where I was like, oh, oh, if they're going to work with, you know, that angle where it's like kind of a dark horror themed Archie property, mm-hmm. uh, that could be really good. Netflix, for the most part, like when they put effort behind a show, the show's usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so I was super excited. I seen the trailer and I was like, well, it looks interesting. There's the teaser and then there was like a, a longer trailer that eventually came out. Mm-hmm. And that one had me slightly nervous because it kind of highlighted the camp more of the time. <laughs> the, the camp. Yeah, yeah. Which the show does have. Definitely. So in a way that trailer was good because then it kind of like put that expectation yeah. at me. So I wasn't like blindsided by what logically I should have knew was there anyway. But that trailer did like highlight for one that it was going to be kind of hard edged because they showed some kind of brutal stuff. I think one of them happened to be the ant bashing the other ant, you know, Mm -hmm. but they're not necessarily going to pull punches and visual style. Got a better look at that. So I was super excited going into it and I started watching it. Man, it seems like they dropped it just before Halloween, right? Right. So I was in the Halloween mood mood, and it is the most Halloween show that ever Halloweened. (laughs) True. Yeah, true. It's it's um, so I don't know. I loved it. I'm totally on board. It's not without, you know, a few problems. It's a little cheesy. That said, uh, for the most part, I like all the characters that I think you're supposed to like. Some of the characters I don't care for, but that's just because the characters themselves are jerks. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're lame. Or they're lame. And I don't care for her human friends, with the exception of the boyfriend. Oh, yeah. I like him a lot. I think he's great. He's written really well. Great. He's he's written yeah. almost the most realistic character in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. I, her 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 female friends, and I hate to be that way, but they're they're lame. They they are kind of lame. I like that they have something weird going on with each of them. The one with the ant, the dead ant. I don't understand where that's going. Like I don't get that at all. Yeah. Like I get kind of what the ant is doing for her. Like I don't. Well, it's the whole like kind of gender identity issue. Okay, like it addresses yeah. that. So I get what that the point of that is. Like she's got to have somebody to, I guess, kind of be a, a role model in that respect. But I don't think it's really rant. I think she's being fooled. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's being yeah, bedazzled that, by somebody. Yeah, we're we're bedazzled. gonna see that in season two. I don't know what's going on, but it's weird. I was a little surprised there was no mention of it in the Christmas special. It's probably that that guy that was inhabiting that. Weather guy's uncle. Oh, you think the demon or whatever yeah. that happened? Oh, yeah. oh, Hadn't that's when it showed up. That. It was after that, wasn't it? It was yeah. right after they exercised it. Yeah, interesting. And and her other friend with the cunning. I at least like the cunning a little bit because it's clearly yeah. the shining. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's clearly the shining. Like it's <laughs> the cunning. I almost think it's. I almost think the Simpsons were more clever when they did the shining. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. So that aspect, I think, is a little more interesting. That that said, like, I don't know. Those characters just don't give me much. Mm-hmm. To, like, they feel eh, – I hate to be this way. They feel a little bit too much like they serve the social yeah. issue that they represent. Yeah. And it just feels a little too hammered, like too on the nose with them. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. Maybe, maybe they'll flesh them out. But right now, they don't get enough screen time to be anything but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, like I don't mind that they're that they're there, that those issues are like represented in the show, but I, yeah, I feel like there needs to be more to it. We've and you know, like we're kind of standing by the stance that we've 
already taken on this show, which is if it's good writing, it's good writing. And that's right. You know, like we should be addressing these issues, but they should be done in a clever way. They should be done in a way, not not a clever for the sake of clever, but clever in that like, oh, yeah, we're actually saying something with this without it being the whole point. Yeah. Without it being clumsy or just super on the nose. I don't like Sabrina, the character. I like the show. I don't like to, I don't like her. I I do and don't. Uh, real quick, uh, I had read the uh, yes, thank you. I had read uh, the, yeah. the original comic that this is based on, uh, and it is. It's part of the whole Archie Comics horror line. I have not read The Hunger, which I I really want to now, especially after seeing uh, Jughead as a. As a as a greaser, I I, I really want to see Jughead as a werewolf. So <laughs> so uh, if if you're not aware uh, of the horror line, uh, we we did cover Afterlife with Archie, which was basically mm-hmm. Archie meets zombies, uh, and then Chilling Adventures of Sabrina that came out after that, and it was you know much more of a coven. Uh, witch style and it's dark it's dark i mean like the art style's dark kind of in the same way that afterlife was but a little less pop art you know like which is Mm -hmm. funny to say uh you can see it sort of in the intro like the the theme music for each episode that is Uh that is uh taking from the art style of the comic but the comic itself is even more textured. Like they kind of Roy Lichtenstein okay. it up. They kind of, you know, made a little more pop arty for the, uh, for the intro. Intro. Um, yeah. But anyways, it's, it's, it's a much grittier. Uh, I feel like you get a little bit more of the backstory of what's happening with, uh, they open with what happened to Sabrina's parents kind of thing. And it's pretty grim. It's some pretty grim stuff. So the comic is actually a little darker, at least from the onset. A lot of the a lot of the elements are very similar between the show and and the uh, and the comic. But I did like that was a little bit jarring at first, and that's where you said like that second trailer helped set the uh, expectation. And I totally agree because it, this would have maybe been off-putting to me had I not known, okay, there's going to be a little bit of camp. It's not going to be full Melissa Joan Hart, but it's it's going to be kind of campy. And uh, so I like the blend. I, do, I, I've, I enjoy the show uh, overall. So to bring it all the way back to what Melanie was just about to say, I agree. I don't totally like Sabrina, but I do initially like Sabrina, like I think you're supposed to like her kind of at the beginning, even though she's a little bit high and mighty and whatnot. But towards the end, I don't like her. <laughs> she makes some really questionable decisions that I am not on board with. And and I remember there's there's kind of a tipping point in the series where it's like, OK, she generally uh, she has generally high-minded ideals and they generally pan out. But at a certain point, her high-minded ideals are wrong and, (laughs) and uh, foolish at best. See, that's kind of interesting because for me, okay, I initially liked her, but then like a couple of, a couple episodes in, it's clear, like, like I get it. She's kind of immature, but after a while, it's just like, get off of your high horse lady. Like, yeah, she gets kind of annoying. But I feel like once she starts making some really bad calls, I mean, they could have been okay calls. Mm-hmm. But she definitely she definitely gets to a point where it's like, 
it's that it's like a hubris like like a a building a building hubris to the point where she thinks she can just pull off anything exactly and she gets to that point and then there's there is a turning point in that respect where it doesn't go out it doesn't work well Mm -hmm. and that's part of the reason i like that episode so much and we can maybe get into that a little bit more but i feel like after that point i kind of start to like her a little bit more or at least potentially could like her more because uh she's you know, had her comeuppance. She's kind of had her comeuppance and maybe will be a bit more tempered in, in, in like just what she thinks she can accomplish. Well, maybe because then the last episode happens and you're like, okay, well, yeah. Th- all right, Neo, we get it. Yeah. But, uh, but, and something I hadn't realized, but I think, you know, how Netflix will have like little descriptor words for genre and stuff for shows in the app. And, you know, like this be like horror you know, comedy or whatever they put, um, coming of age on there. Like, you know, it's coming of age story. <laughs> well, yeah, it is, I guess. And I was like, Oh, okay. But then like getting further into the season, I think I was like, this might be one of the most effective coming of age. Like, like yeah. in terms of telling that arc of like growing up. And that's part of the reason I really liked that episode that Melanie and I kind of had a discussion about the, the episode where things kind of go bad for her. That's part of the reason I really like it because it's like, because it is so much like she's immature, she's childlike, she's got the like she or, you know she is kind of smarmy, and she's just got this attitude like she's invincible, and then to realize like she learned that hard that a real hard lesson and how it hit her and like it's one of those things where like you can tell for her anyway like her character the entire it's one of those things the whole world's gonna just seem different to her now, and like I kind of like that like that that aspect of a coming of age story where it's just like somebody thinking they know the world. And then like when the reality of life like hits them and they realize, Oh, almost an epiphany, but not, not like in a good way. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's like, I don't know. So in that respect, I think as a coming, coming of age story, I think the first season handles it super well in a way that I really enjoyed that kind of hit me. Because I have emotions. Because <laughs> I'm a real human being. Because I'm a real human being. I didn't care for it. <laughs> Melanie did not care for it. I didn't I didn't care for it. I don't think that we are that stupid. I don't think that we need a half an arm slapped in our face. I, I, okay. I think it's unnecessary. I think there's interest. I think you have interesting. I don't disagree with your ideas on it either. But do we want to get into specifics on this? That's one of the more interesting parts of the season to me. Mm, okay. If you want okay. to. I mean, well, I don't. I, I Basically, before we do, I want to get into a, a drop a spoiler warning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can, can we talk I, about some of the things we did and didn't like before we get into really specific plot points? Or, or oh, should we yeah, do, no, or do, should we do that after the fact? No, let's, let's, let's do it now. Okay. Let's do it now. Specifically, one of the things that I, I think about right off the bat is like, I like a lot of the characterizations and... Like the cast is uh, pretty consistent. I mean, like in terms uh-huh. of performances and stuff, sometimes I think uh, Sabrina has the most, I don't know, dialed in delivery or, or wooden delivery of the group. But she yeah. also has some of the better delivery in other scenes. You know, it's like when she does the exposition stuff, which I know she has to do, I feel like that is not her strong suit. Like mm-hmm. when she has to explain a bunch of stuff to the noobs, it's like, I don't think you're good at it. And maybe that's part of the reason she's unlikable. I don't know. Beyond her, 
And maybe, like you said, the two sidekicks, which also feel a little ham-fisted anyways. Michelle Gomez, holy cow. I mean, I'm so glad you mentioned her. She's she's incredible. The ants are both awesome. The the cousin was it Amb- Ambrose? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's pretty cool. He's a pretty compelling character. I liked him in the comic, and I uh, I still like him. I still like him in the show. So I like all those things. And and I would be remiss. So I'm going to say it right now. They have somehow made Finches the creepiest ca- freaking animal <laughs> on the face of the planet. I right? uh, I never thought the finches were creepy until now. I, I I think I commented to Melanie while we were watching it. I was like, I don't like it's such an interesting idea, and I can't believe they did it. But it's like they managed to take these little like cute little birds and make them seem so intimidating. Like just them being there, like man. They, the tension the, just ratchets yeah. up. We're like one little cute little bird, just like looking around, and then it's like six birds, and you're like, "Oh crap, get out of there!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> These tiny little birds, are like you are in trouble. Run! <laughs> I I love it, and I kind of want to never see what happens if they get you. And I know yeah. that might be an urge they'll have is to like, well, let's finally show it. But I kind of want to never see it because I just want them. Yeah, I want to be like, well, why? Why are they? What do they do to you? Well, I don't know if we'll see it because now we don't have a reason. Uh, you like l- before, you know, he's kind of stuck there. So, you know, I don't know. I, ho- I come hope we, up with something. Yeah. yeah, I hope we see it again. But like, yeah. Oof. At first, I thought they were just for him, but then when they came, whenever ever anybody else was astral tra- traveling, I was like, oh, okay, no, it's just a thing that happens. Yeah. So I want to jump back real quick and talk about the cast that you mentioned, Michelle Gomez, right? Who's yeah. that? Missy. Uh, Missy. From oh okay yeah from Doctor Who, she dude is fantastic. She's my favorite part. Yeah. She makes me like every scene. I think I she makes me laugh, and she, because she plays it and not in a bad way, it's very much the way she plays Missy. So over the top, like every scene she's in, she's just chewing the scenery till there's nothing left. Like, but it's in such a good way. Like, it's so entertaining to watch. Like, if she's in the scene, you can't help but watch what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And the way she delivers lines, it's so, like, it's kind of amazing because she's got this, like, cheesy way of, like, delivering everything. Mm-hmm. It's so over the top and so, like, deliberate and uh, I don't know. But it works. Like, she's so good at it. It's just endlessly entertaining. And it would very often make me laugh when I don't know if it's supposed to, but... She just entertained me. It's supposed to. The ants. So the one ant who's kind of a bee, a wait, a bee bullet, as Melanie would say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, she's good at it. She's good at that role. She is a bee bullet. I, so I'm not wild about her character, but whatever. It's fitting for her character. Right. Mm-hmm. The other ant I also love because she also, and she plays it so weird, but she's also very entertaining to watch. And she's very humorous in a, much more subtle way, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and just some of her delivery of stuff, like when I think one of the first times you get a glimpse of kind of like her humorous, like her demeanor is when that one stabbing victim guy shows up, you know, she's got a stabbing victim and she's telling, I think the one aunt, you know, we've got one coming in cause they run this mortuary Yeah, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And, uh, but he was stabbed to the poor thing <laughs> and she, the one ant asked something and the other ant's like, but he was stabbed. So sad. And just to like, I don't know. I can't explain it. Just her delivery was great. Right. And then Ambrose says, yeah, he's a cool guy. 
Like he's just super cool. And in all the ways that uh, like the sidekick characters are kind of ham fisted, he is not like somehow they wrote his character pretty well. I think, I mean, maybe you guys disagree, but it's like, okay, the other ones feel like, okay, we're, we're dealing with a, with a diversity issue, you know? Well, he could totally be like, oh, the gay guy. Yeah. But they, but it's not played that way. No. Right, exactly. He's just gay. And like, that's his character. And sometimes he's got a boyfriend and sometimes he's, you know, there's an orgy, but like, it's not, yeah, it's not an issue. It's not made an issue. Right. It's just his character. You're right. That type of thing handled correctly, I feel like. Right. Mm-hmm. As he, I can say as a straight white male. <laughs> you can, well, I mean, you can see it. You can see both versions of how this could be handled in the same show. And like, how rare is that? It's like, oh, you handled this part of it super well. How did you screw up that part? Yeah. In fact, I'm really, I'm very curious to see what happens with this relationship with that one guy because there's something that's going to go somewhere. Something right. happened because the one ant give him like a love potion. Like it, you kind of get the impression that the guy ended up not really being interested until she slips some, a more potion into his, one of his coffees, give him a Mickey. And then he's, then he was the boyfriend. So I'm All curious right. to, if that's going to be a thing. Uh-oh. Cause that seems like such a weird thing to throw in there, you know, but yeah, no, the family characters and, and Missy character were great. Some of the other characters, like the principal, was Belky uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't re- I, I had him. It kind of took me out of it for a moment at first, just because he is who he is. You know, like uh-huh. I, I kind of like the character. I mean, at least he's not around a lot. You know, like that could be yeah. a little distracting at first. I was like, oh god, are they going to do this every episode kind of thing? But for the episodes he's around, it's like, ah, oh, it's fine. Yeah, he was okay, and he's not like a like he's not supposed to be a likable character. But I didn't really care for him. I'm kind of glad that whatever happened to him happened to him. Yeah, the bookshop owner guy though, I kind of liked him. He was interesting. I'm yeah. a little worried about what they're going to do with the him because something's up with him. It was like, yeah, he's likable, so he's going to die. <laughs> no, he's a bad guy. Or yeah, or, or, he's, or be he's a bad, a bad guy. guy. Yeah, because he had like lizard eyes or something towards the end of that season. Oh, that's right. When he was walking away after the one ant got a kiss. Uh, I know I mentioned we mentioned the look of it and it looks great, but I want to mention dive into it a little bit more. Sure, I love the st- I love the style, the uh, retro, but not like because at one point Melanie was like, "So when does this take place?" Because they're all driving like fifties and sixties era vehicles. Uh, the the color palette is a combination of very bright and colorful with, but also kind of like sometimes it's got the Halloween colors type thing going on. The town is just a small, like, small America old, like, 50s town look. But at the same time, Ambrose has a laptop. Like, so it's one of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of like that where stylistically it, it seems kind of, I don't know. It's like it doesn't hit you. Well, maybe it does hit you over the head with, like, the kind of retro aesthetic. But at the same time, it's not, like, drawing attention to the, I guess, what would be anachronisms. Right. It's believably both a real and a fake place, you know? Yeah. Like I can, we were talking, I don't know if it was on uh, the pre-show or whatever, but we were talking about the hometown from our high school and it was like, you know, it's kind of a, a, it's a place that exists in the modern world, but it's also kind of like really behind the times. So it's like, you know, you try to explain this place to somebody else and they're, they either are or not going to believe you. 
that like, oh yeah, there's this place that exists and it's both, you know, you can have your internet, but it's also super behind the times. Yeah, no, it's, it is totally like the kind of place where you could be walking down the street on your, you know, brand new iPhone while some kid in a letterman's jacket drives by in a cherry red 57 Chevy or something. (laughs) You're right. While there's like a street dance going on and you're like, yep, this is, this is. 2018 2019 well 2019 america like it yeah it's uh, that aspect is there are places like that so anyway but i like that this i like the visual like the sets i think are just great they look amazing they all have that kind of like like i said kind of retro but also like there's the halloween thing where it's i think she even says like this town's pretty much like halloween every day of the year oh right so I know some people had issues with – they did this thing, which is also kind of another older movie thing, where I'm assuming it's Vaseline. It could have been anything like that. But basically, they'll like smudge the sides of the lens or uh, an attachment to the lens. They'll smudge it with like Vaseline or some type of gel to smear the image basically to like blur it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the show employs that – a lot, like fairly often. And I've heard people complain about it, but I kind of like it because for one, like it's an old technique that is not used that often. And it seems like they use it fairly often in the first season to really kind of highlight, like anytime they're in the forest, they use it pretty heavily. Yeah. They really kind of highlight just like, it felt like mystical Mm -hmm. places and things. Like you're not really sure if this is real. Yeah, the first my first watch through, like when she first goes into is like wandering around woods and stuff. I'm like, are these like woods or are they like woods where you go in there and you're in another like plane? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I kind of question that, and I think it's just woods. But I like that feel that it gives it. I like there was some fun uh, cinematography stuff. Like I, I keep snapping in like in my mind. I keep snapping back to the corn maze stuff. Like, uh, also, we talking about Salem, you know, like, uh, he's got an air of mystery about him. Like, he mm-hmm. doesn't talk the way I mean, like, I think he can, like, communicate and he can talk to Sabrina, but we don't hear it. You know, we just see, well, aside from when he introduces himself, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, when he's still in, like, demon form, kind y- of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's the only time we ever hear him speak. But, um, there's the corn maze thing where something is hunting Sabrina kind of thing. And the way that that uh-huh. shot is really cool. And you actually, you like, you legit feel that tension. And then <laughs> Salem just like jumps in and takes care of business kind of thing. You don't, you just get like a blur of him. Yeah. And like, it must've been again, like you get a blur of him in like his demon form or something. Yeah. Where it's like this elong- elongated black figure, which you're right. I like the mystery around it. And the fact that he's not always just the cat when he needs to spring into action, he's can take like his demon form or something or whatever it is. And they didn't overdo it. Like they really uh-huh. could have overdone that and just made him the, uh, the answer to all of their problems in a lot of situations. But they, they, and they did, they did use him one once or twice that way, but that's it. Like, I feel like they used him sparingly and they used him just enough. No. Yeah, exactly. They did use him sparingly. Most of the time, it's like, I kind of felt like most of the time, it's like, man, it seems like that cat would be way more useful than he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, especially when they do like the dream demon thing. Like, I kind of expected Salem to save the day. Yeah. He helped. 
he did help, yeah. but like it was still kind of up to Sabrina to like he helped cre- cause a distraction for the most part, but that's about it. But you got to think too that he's like a fledgling demon or whatever. He's new. And that lady has like a name and stuff. She's like, you know. That's true. Whoever, whoever, the queen of dreams or demon of dreams. So she's got to, you know, she's been around a while. So maybe he's a little scared to take on yeah. somebody who's his superior, sort of. That could be. Not necessarily that is superior, but, you know. Let's jump into spoilers. Okay. So we're going to do spoilers. A listener, if you have not checked the show out and it sounds at all interesting to you, I mean, if you've listened this far, I'm assuming it does sound kind of interesting, you should avoid the spoilers. So, And you should watch it because I, I feel like it's definitely worth a viewing. I don't know if you like Sabrina stuff at all or Archie stuff, you should check it out. If you like horror stuff at all, like I, like we said, it's a little camp. There's kind of some fun, but there is some good horror stuff. And it's, it is Halloween. Like as in this, as in the holiday, it's Halloween, the TV show. Like it's, it's, yeah. if you like Halloween, you're going to love the show. So we're getting into spoilers. Spoil. We don't often give spoiler warnings. Consider yourself lucky. But we always do give spoilers though. <laughs> we always give spoilers, not always spoiler warnings. <laughs> Sabrina's new enough, though, where I could see, you know, people haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. So the turning point that I mentioned earlier is clearly when, what's the boyfriend's name? Harvey. Harvey. Harvey's brother's dead. Yeah. And she brings him back. And that goes horribly wrong, as it, as it, as it should. As a, re- as a good resurrection should. I did like her plan, though, to be fair. Like, I think she had a solid plan. I she just didn't all understand well. all the parts. Yeah. Yeah. It just, but, it, it just didn't work. Yeah, exactly. I think there's some cheesiness to it and Melanie can elaborate on the cheesiness specifically, but I think it's good because you do finally get that. Like she's not invulnerable. It's not just going to be her being smarmy and then like winning all the time. It's not going to be a Charlie Sheen, Sabrina winning. You get to be like, ha <laughs> oh, wow. be, be bullet. No, yeah, like it's like no, there's actually consequences, and I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I was along for the ride. It it picked me up on the ride emotionally. I was in I was invested because I, I don't know why. Because I like Harvey. I think Harvey's uh, God. I don't know why. There's not much to his character other than he just seems like a nice, like kind of unassuming dude, right? But he's mm-hmm. like the perfect casting and stuff. He just looks perfect. He plays it well, and. You uh, feel for him. You're like, I, yeah. I think you can relate to him. Like we've, uh, we, kn- we all know that person that it's like their role in life is just kind of fixed, you know, and, and you want to see him be able to prevail and do the thing that they're good at. But at the same time, it's, it's a product of their family. So it's funny. Cause it's like this it's Harvey is kind of like Sabrina, just in a different way. Like Sabrina's destined to be a witch, no matter what she wants for her life. And Harvey is destined to go work in the coal mines, no matter what he wants to do with his life. With Satan. With Satan. <laughs> with Satan. Yeah. Both of them with Satan. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's the episode, you know, for Sabrina, the world changed that day. And for me watching the show, the series changed. I was yeah. like, oh, they're actually, you know, they're actually going to try to like go for some actual emotional punches. It's not just going to be completely fluffy fun. Right. Oh, geez. Now, Melanie. Yeah. How'd you feel about this episode? Uh, I think it was a piece of poop. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you want to elaborate on that? I think that it was because I think your points are valid. We kind of got we got into a, a very a, a, a t- brief but strong disagreement on this, but it's okay. I think you still have valid points. I think that I understand the point that they were trying to make. I think that it was unnecessary for them to go the route that they did, though, and that was all just to play on people's emotions. Yeah, they could have made the point without her having to go into limbo, find her his brother, and have his soul get eaten. That was unnecessary, and I think it was, I think it was kind of rude <laughs> to I, us. That's I, I think that's why I like it though. It was on unnes- it was an unnecessary step. Mm-hmm. It was just a little added brutality to make the situation worse, and I think that's why I liked it because it's not like things just didn't go bad. They went as horribly bad as they possibly could, and I think I liked that the show was willing to do that. Like, oh no, the brother's not just dead, you know, and. We're not just going to have Harvey kill his, the the zombie thing that came back as his brother. We're also going to destroy his very soul. And I was like, whoa, that's that's hardcore. Well, I didn't appreciate it. And it, like, I how Limbo was represented was I don't know. I liked I liked it visually anyway. Like it's weird. It kind of brings up a lot of questions. Like, wait, why? What? Right. But I I liked the weird like faceless figures in the fog. That clearly look like it looked like they CG'd a bunch of char- characters, but it's interesting because it's like they don't they didn't need to. They could have just been people out there, but they wanted to make it look extra weird. Right. So they are like weird, I, almost animated I characters kind of, in the fog. I kind of agree with both of your points of view in that um yeah, like in, in terms of the story beats, this is what makes her so unlikable for me. It's like uh, or at least at that point, like she, she made the, I, I was disagreeing with her decisions before this, but like when she got to this is like, you are just wrong on every level and you just can't even see it. You, you so think you can fix everything, you know, like, like I, she was, uh, her, her actions in this moment are absolutely unredeemable. So I, I would agree with Mel on that. It's like you shouldn't have even gone there and I'm offended that you did, you know, kind of thing. Like, like, but at the same time, it almost, it, it, it makes for dang, it makes for good storytelling because she becomes a villain. And they kind of pursue through that. I mean, you know, she, she's well-intentioned, mm-hmm. but, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I do see kind of derailed the visual stuff that you were talking about. And, and I agree with that too. It's like, it was kind of a cool little, like, it was like, this is the first time we are actually in another realm. And somehow they were able to make that seem even more different than when we were questioning it before. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I harped on kind of the somewhat sloppy exposition devices they used. But that said, like, I get it. There was so much, like, just world building and, like, rules, like, establishing of rules and worlds in this season that, like, I can kind of forgive some of the sloppier uh, exposition delivery methods because, wow, they crammed a whole bunch of stuff in. There are things about that episode that, okay, it's unnecessary. You had beef specifically even with the fact that she ran out with the guy's arm yeah. and the look of that. I didn't mind that. It's fine. Again, it was another one of those things. It is unnecessary. It's another one of those things where it's just further enforcing like, the horribleness of it, like just making it as bad as possible. You could have just heard the scream and she ran out and she's not there, but instead they're like, no, let's give us, give her a severed arm to hold on to too. Yeah. 
And then how the scene, the first time I was more in, the second time I was a little bit more aware of, you know, the second time I watched it, the scene that she has with Harvey, how it plays out. Like, I do like to call back to like her dream where he's like, you know, you've told me all this before, except it doesn't play out like that at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. But even still, man, he buys it real fast. Like he, he, he buys into it super quick and he's pretty quick to be like, okay, yeah, no, I'm going to take this gun and go shoot, shoot my brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know. Part of it is maybe, again, it's Sabrina and we're questioning the real the, the <laughs> realism of this character's reaction. But, you know, that's what, that's what you do. That's what you do with these ridiculous shows. I don't know. He does kind of go to that fairly quick. Like he's willing to do that pretty quick. So I don't know mm-hmm. if I necessarily buy that. But I think it's more the point of the situation rather than, you know, they kind of got to expedite things. My whole thing is I know that they're not going to just let it be done and if they're not going to just let it be done then why why bother with all that extra stuff what do you mean like her and harvey just never have him on the show again or no i like harvey right that's my point well they got to play on this there's got to be some romantic thing no that's not a romantic thing if if my (laughs) if my significant other had my family's soul eaten i would not only never never be romantic with them i would physically harm them she did not tell him that though she she could have been she could have been way more honest like she withheld that piece of information if i recall correctly well she's like well he don't need to know that she's wonder if that'll come back to bite her like every other thing she's done okay what are the other spoilers okay well let's just jump to the main thing then so she signs the book Mm -hmm. yeah i enjoyed that last episode i actually think i liked the last episode more the second viewing it seemed a little i only saw it the once and it Felt a little like, I don't know. Like there's a lot going on and it seems fast. Yeah, It all seems rushed. There's kind of a lot of that this season. Like I said, like um, about the last thing we were just talking about, they kind of have to expedite things because they really like, they blow through a lot of stuff, it seems like. And I, I, I don't know. In this case, I think I'm okay with it because they clearly wanted to like the big arc other than the kind of like just the general coming of age thing. But the big arc of like her signing the book and they clearly wanted to establish that this season. And I'm fine with that, but it did kind of make for just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff happened when it does finally go down. I guess I like it. If Sabrina and I'm sure maybe she's some kind of super, witch, she's the one she knows, which foo. if she by herself <laughs> can vanquish 13, uh, spirit, witches, the whole coven couldn't have done that without her. Yeah, I know. I know. I agree. I agree. They are clearly setting her up as like, you know, she's like the blade of the witch world, right? She's like half half human, half vampire, whatever. She has special abilities that the others don't. <laughs> she can go out during the sunshine. She can conjure the, uh, she, well, she can conjure the hellfire apparently and eventually make Missy, and that's, I, that's simply what I call her, eventually make Missy kind of jealous or nervous, I guess, once she realizes, oh, wait. This might not be a good thing for me. Yeah. Christmas special. Let's talk about that for just a moment because I just want to say I think it's interesting that they set up. It kind of feels like a a very quick reversal of a major decision oh, at yeah. the end of last season. Yeah, because it was stupid. Why the hell would you take that guy's kid? Yeah, the baby. Like, <laughs> right. take the baby. I mean, it made for – like, I kind of liked the weird – the witch thing with the kids and all. Like, I kind of like yeah. that little Creepy. plot. Yeah. And also, it's like – 
what is the world of being a witch? Because like they're scared of supernatural things when they happen. But then when they're like, oh, this is the one witch and you know she has the 99 dead children and all this and blah, 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 or whatever it is. But then they just invite the witch over and to come in and they're like talking to her and like, oh, you want to have a drink? And it's like, what is the world of a witch? Because it's like scary, ghosty things. And there's this witch. Oh, we'll just, that's, that's Mildred. We'll just invite her over or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't tell her about the baby. <laughs> like when Ambrose is sitting in, he's sitting down there doing like some study work and there's the, he sees the corpse through the mirror that's standing there and he looks over mm-hmm. and like, he does this thing where he's like, oh, I must be seeing things. And I'm like, you're a witch. You know, there are ghosts and witches <laughs> yeah, yeah. and demons. Why would you ever question it? Why would you yeah. ever be like, oh, I must be seeing things like, nope, that corpse is standing up. There's supernatural stuff going on because I'm one of them. So let's, <laughs> let's deal I'm with one this. Of them. Yeah. Like it's so weird to like be one of these things, but also then be scared when supernatural things are happening. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like, um, what's that? Lord of the Rings. Where he's like a wizard and stuff, but he's like, there's worse things than orcs in the deep places of the earth because he knows that there's some crazy bad stuff there. That's true. So even though he's one of the crazy things in the world, there's worse ones. Yeah, that's true. Everything's got to have something that that it's afraid of. But I was so thrown when they invited her over. We'll just invite her over. And like, (laughs) yeah, she's just another witch. And then the resolution was pretty quick, too. Like, hey, we'll just tell her about this other horrible thing and that will get them both off of her backs. The bit with her with the bit with Sabrina's mom, I thought was weird, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, that was weird. That I, was that most, actually her mom? Did I, we determine? I guess uh, that's kind of how they played it. Like I was questioning it partway through, but then even as it was happening, way. I was like, "Is that her mom?" Yeah. <laughs> like I knew it was I her mom. Know. I was like, "Is that her mom?" And I'm like, so, "Oh, yo, she just called her mom. I guess it's supposed to be her mom." And she has some kind of like, like who? Like two episodes ago, her mom was just like lost in limbo, and now she's like the queen of the underworld. Yeah, she's like yeah. some death goddess thing. It's just for the holiday, though. <laughs> Is it? It was. It was just for the holiday. She said it was just the sol- she was the solstice queen or something like that. Oh, yeah. oh weird. That's convenient. What you know? No, I would say it wasn't as good as the rest of season one, but it was also uh, a fun little Christmas one-off. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was actually a little nervous about it going into it. I was like, oh, I don't know, a one-off it. Like, what is probably going to do something cutesy, but like, I thought it was fine. It wasn't any killer Christmas trees or anything. Right. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> Give it that. No robot Santas. No, that's true, too. Yeah, I don't know. Sabrina, uh, I'm, it's good. I'm I'm excited for more. Yeah. It's, it's good still, even though I have gripes about it. It's good. Does it make you want to read the comic? No. Kind of. Yes. I was a little curious about the comic to begin with. Yeah. And again, that's working off the goodwill of uh, Afterlife with Archie. Oh, totally. So good. Totally. Mine is, um, it'd have to be way, way better than this to make up for Clarissa. (laughs) Well, specifically, though, like the darker, the chilling adventures of Sabrina comic. Right. Like I said. (laughs) I'm I'm curious. I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious how uh, you'd feel about it because it's like this. I, I got the comic first, and so it's like, okay, well, I, I'm willing to indulge some strange offshoot of this. Uh, would the comic be too different from the show now? Like, I wonder how it goes backwards. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I'm curious. I might have to – I might have to. Ch- maybe that'll be a follow-up. 
we can do. I do think it. I do time. think it is darker. It's been a little while since I read it, and I only read a couple issues because that's just what I had access to. Um, I kind of want to go back and and read all of the available issues because I think there's only like eight issues that are actually printed. So it's not like you like you can read the whole run, and it's not gonna you know take you months. Oh, I will say about the show, Sabrina. I will say about the actress, and I agree with what. Uh, I think Jesse said way earlier in this episode was, you know, about her performance is, is kind of a little, her delivery on some things is a little wooden, a little stilted at times. I think she's good at reactions, mm-hmm. but also from a casting point of view, I think she's pretty good because I don't know how old she is. I'm assuming she is at least 18, but her face, she actually looks like a 16 year old. Yeah. You know, yeah, she looks young and it's kind of rare to actually get a show that's about like a teenager where they actually look like a teenager. She look she has kind of an innocent look about her that kind of helps to sell her character, I think. Right. And so, then you you put her um against like the three, what do they call them? Sisters? Uh, the, the sisters, something sisters. Um yeah. There is a weird girls. juxtaposition there and then you're like they have that weird scene where they lure the boys into the mine shaft kind of thing and yeah, and all those guys, I mean, I know they're just supposed to be like the jocks, but they all definitely are older. Yeah. And the orphan sisters look like they're in their like mid to late 20s. Yeah, compared to uh, Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you do like there's clearly there's obviously a, the example of supposed to be one age looks way older, which is typically how it goes with shows. But, they usually are way older. Yeah. I mean, they you know, they have to be for. You don't want to hire some kid for as your main character who can only work so many hours a day. If they do it right, you do. You find twins <laughs> until they're 18. Right, right. And then they don't even want to do the thing that made them famous. Uh-huh. I'm excited for more. I'm very curious. As, you know, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a while. Maybe yeah. maybe next Halloween we'll get more. Hopefully they won't wait too long. I, I don't know how much the show costs, but it can't be cheap. It looks All right. like they put money into Especially it. Especially after they paid for Satan. Oh, yeah. Next season might look a little cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) What could do that? Satan, maybe? So that whole thing, I kind of get it. I mean, it's like, come on, Church of Satan. It's a fun show. (laughs) But Church of Satan don't care about no fun show. I kind of get it. That's not even the real church. Well, it's, it's different. There's the satanic church, and then there's the Church of Satan, and they're different organizations i know and one of them's not even a real church in my opinion well this yeah no uh and that's the one that sued him yeah yeah no they're not even like the actual satanist religion i like the religion as satanists they're Mm. like the organization that is like tired of christians so they like well we're gonna start the satan the church of satan and like just be jerks right Mm -hmm. which fine whatever they can they can do that i i would be amused by whatever antics i'm sure they get up to but on the one hand, I'm a little surprised Netflix or somebody working on that show didn't key into the fact that that's a trademarked image specific because they could have done a bat a blast what a Baphomet Baphomet what is it oh yeah, yeah Baphomet or whatever yeah Baphomet image even with the, the fingers up and all that that's not necessarily the trademark but the whole thing as a whole the the whole the appearance as a whole is dead on yeah that trademarked image. Down to the two the two children standing there at statue, like right, kind of seems like somebody 
wasn't doing their job. Somebody kind of should have played like, yeah, we can't. You need to change this a little bit. Well, maybe they figured, heck, they're Satanists. So uh, they're all about free will and doing what you want to do. Why would they be upset? Our characters are saying praise Satan every episode. Come on. Yeah. Right. And no, instead, we they give there's some just trying to inspire the satanic panic of the. No, come on. Right. This is not perpetuating any satanic panic thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Good stuff. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> so that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Letters page. Letters. We have no letters. Again? Again. People, what is wrong with you? I have to check my mailbox. Maybe there's something wrong with it. Maybe there's something wrong with you, listener. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about Sabrina. Tell us about Riverdale. Surely somebody out there has something to say. How good is Riverdale? How good is it? What do you think happened to Betty's maybe not really brother? Ooh. What what happened to him? Where'd he go? I don't even care. That guy's a jerk. He was a jerk. I don't know what none of you guys are talking about, and I'm happy about it. Merry Christmas. This is Randy from In the Future. Wait. What's the, what month is this? Oh, I just missed it. Happy Easter? Labor Day? Arbor Day? Pres- President's Day? Ah. Anyway, I come back from In the Future because... These numbskulls forgot to tell you how to send us letters. And in the future, we need letters. Send us an email at letters at grawlixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. Letters. As in that thing that you only get for the holidays. Or is that a postcard? It doesn't matter. Send us an email. Or you could send us an MP3. Do a voice recording, wrap it up in an MP3, throw a bow on it, email it to letters at grawlixpodcast.com. Is that too complicated for you? Or maybe you're like, I, I don't know how I'm listening to this podcast, but I don't even have a computer. Pick up your phone and dial 559-426-6427 to leave us a voice message. We'll play it on the show, provided you're not a pervert. That's 559-426-6427, or if this helps you remember, 559-4-COMICS. We want to hear from you, because uh, as I can attest, in the future, we need your kind words, because I'm lost in time. Episode 100, I'm just trying to get back to episode 100. All right, future Randy out. This has been Randy. Problem? I haven't got a problem. I've got Grawlix problems, plural. This is Jesse. We used to have 50 on staff here. 50! I'm the only one left, and it comes down to one schmuck. Me, the night shift bellhop. What the grogs is that? A bellhop? Huh, what is that? You know what the name comes from? Huh? From someone stupid. Some schmuck rings a bell, and you hop. You hop front and center. This is Melanie. You got grogs by an oven full of witches? Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vorpal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcast, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Grolix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once.
future prediction. Oh, man. I have to come up with two of them, huh? <laughs> as much as I do like these, I am going to look forward to not doing them anymore. Yeah, I think episode 100 is going to kill future predictions and movie quotes. Oh, people are going to be sad. Uh, Patrick's okay. going to be on. Patrick and Matt D, which, you know, I do value their opinions because they are the few listeners that I n- actually interact with us. They will be upset. 